Hi, friend, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I am no expert, I have been through it, and so now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's talk about it. Hi, friends. Hello. Welcome to June. Welcome to another episode. Of course, thank you so, so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. I hope that you find it meaningful, helpful, but also a little enjoyable. And if you are a repeat listener, then welcome back. So this month, You know, I always like to have a theme for the month. And so this month, the theme is emotions, the emotions that we feel as we move through divorce. And I would like to offer a disclaimer here, or maybe even a couple of disclaimers. The first being, I am not a therapist, okay? I am in no way, shape, form, or fashion a therapist. And so to really process your emotions, I highly, highly, highly suggest working with the therapist. They can help you get to the root cause of the emotion, to work through the emotion and to notice the emotion in your future. Um, So disclaimer number one, I am not a therapist. Disclaimer number two. You know, sometimes with this podcast, the same as with my blog, I struggle sometimes with seemingly being an authority figure. And by authority figure, I mean someone who is getting on a platform and essentially giving advice, right? And sometimes I struggle with that because Divorces look so different for everyone. Breakups look different for everyone. And also, I am not an expert per se. And I am not, you know, I don't have it all figured out. Sometimes I think when I'm doing this that it comes across as though I have like mastered divorce and mastered breakups. And, you know, I'm telling you how to master it. But that is not at all the case. I mentioned this in my intro. Um, I mentioned this in my bios. This is simply me sharing my personal story of how I moved through it. And if that happens to help you, then fantastic. If it doesn't help you, then I get it. No hard feelings. If it doesn't help you and you want to share what did help you, I am all for that. Follow the page on Instagram and DM me and we can chop it up about your experience, my experience and what women can take from both of them. Um, I just I'm always very uh, conscious to not come across as an expert, you know, even with this topic of emotions, like sure, I moved through the emotions I'm going to detail. But then like even five years later on this journey, new emotions come up or as I process those emotions, I find that really there was another emotion at the core. For example, 
I am currently processing with my therapist abandonment and abandonment trauma and the impact abandonment has on future relationships. That would never have occurred to me two, three, four years ago because I was focused on the emotions I'm going to detail right now. And so like they say, healing is a journey. It's not a destination. It's not a from point A to point B. It is a journey. So think of this podcast and my blog as me sharing the beginning of my journey and moving through. You know, let's say if this podcast is around in a couple years, perhaps then I'll be able to share how I moved through abandonment, right? So I just wanted to put that out there, you know, that I am not trying to come across as the know-it-all or the expert, but mostly just one girl sharing her story to another girl or guy. Okay, so with all of that build up and prelude, let's get into the episode. So each episode this month, I will talk about a different emotion that I experienced going through the beginning of my divorce. And so today I'm going to talk about confusion. Okay, and confusion is one of those emotions that I think can be pretty common in divorce. Now, of course, if you're divorce or breakup was a mutual decision, then there's probably not any confusion. But if one spouse ended the marriage or relationship without really the consent or desire of the other spouse, there may be some confusion. So we're going to dive into that. So you guys know me, I am the forever nerd. And so we're going to start it with a definition of the word confusion. Confusion can be a state of being perplexed or disoriented. It can mean disorientation with regard to one's sense of time, place, or identity, and an instance of being disordered or mixed up. Okay, so that's the technical definition of the word. So by now, if you've been listening to this podcast or you've read my blog or you follow the page or you follow me personally, you're well aware of how my marriage ended. If you are not, long story short, my ex-husband decided to end our marriage back in 2016. It felt sudden to me. Um, at the time, I was unemployed. I was uh, recovering from a surgery and I was the mother of a two-year-old. And so while our marriage wasn't perfect, it didn't seem quite ready to end, which is why I often describe it as sudden. And so after it ended, I spent a whole lot of time trying to figure out what the heck just happened and why, right? And I think that's fairly common after any breakup, even like when you're ghosted, when a situationship ends, when a short-term relationship ends, a long-term relationship you know, marriage, any relationship, really friendships. I think when any of them end, we sit and we try to figure out like what in the world just happened and why did it happen? So I found myself wondering things like, were there signs, you know, early signs that we were incompatible and I missed them? Could I have worked harder to salvage the relationship? Could I have been more present, more stylish, kind or attentive, you know, was he going to come back? Was he just testing me? Had I failed in life? 
what was my daughter going to think of me? What were my friends and family going to say? How could I possibly fix this? How will I support my daughter? How will I heal from this? What do I do now? You know, there were constantly questions flooding my mind as I attempted to figure this out. You know, the questions went on and on and they varied day by day. But really, it was just me trying to figure it all out. I am a problem solver. I'm a fixer, right? I'm type A and I'm an overachiever and I'm a perfectionist. So I'm trying to fix this. And so I'm trying to look at all of the facts and all of the occurrences and I'm trying to figure out what went wrong so I can fix it. I knew that if I could just pin down what had happened and whether there was any hope, then I could piece everything back together. And if I was able to do that, I wouldn't have to face public opinion or change the whole trajectory of my life. That was my thinking. And I think that's probably a lot of our thinking in those moments. It's so much easier to try to hang on to what was than it is to even fathom what could be or what is. And so for weeks after that that abrupt ending, I tried forcing him to have conversations, right? I tried to get these answers and I tried to see if there was any hope and I tried to get us to come to a solution. But newsflash, it didn't work. Maybe that's not a newsflash because I have this podcast. (laughs) Had it have worked, we wouldn't have it. So, you know, we went round and round in circles and never really got to the problem only managing to nitpick and berate each other in the process. And this only added to the questions and worsened my confusion. And so one day, after going round and round with no no hope and no results, I gave up, you know? And I talk about that um, a few episodes ago, about the acceptance piece. And in that episode, I talk about accepting that the relationship ended. Well, that is the same here. You know, at some point, I have to accept that the relationship is over and also that any hope I have for it is over and possibly any answers about it are not coming. You know, I had to let go of my mission to fix things and I had to let go of the need to get answers to those very painful questions. And I didn't want to do that, right? When I say I'm type A and I'm an overachiever and a perfectionist, I mean it. I want so badly to fix things. So I didn't want to let go of those things. It took a couple weeks, I think, maybe even months for me to finally get to that place of letting go. And I had to do that for my own sanity and my own healing. And I was able to do it simply with the passage of time. As time went by, my life got better. You know, I got a job. I developed a new social life. I started writing and I saw that my daughter was doing very well. And so that helped me realize that life was actually wonderful. It turned out maybe I don't need to fix that relationship and Maybe I don't need those answers, you know? And once I was able to accept that that relationship 
is now a different one as co-parents and co-parents only, the answers to my questions just didn't really matter much, right? Because the whole point to the questions is to make sense of something and to make sense of it to then take action from it. And once I realized that there was no action to be taken, the questions did not matter and the answers did not matter. And to this day, you know, I don't know that I have a solid, super concrete, super black and white idea of why my marriage ended. And that doesn't bother me. You know, what matters is that I'm happy and I'm fulfilled and on good terms with my ex-husband and our daughter is doing great. And like really at the end of the day, that's all that matters. In the moment, that doesn't feel like that's all that matters. But as time progresses, you'll see that is all that matters. So now let me get into the tips. So tip number one is create your own narrative. And actually, I stole this one from my therapist. So thank you, Christine, if she's listening. Um, Creating your own narrative is creating your own version of the story of what happened. It's the version as you remember it, the version as you believe it to be, and the version that sits best with you. And this came about for me because my therapist pointed out that the narrative I was holding on to was incorrect. And she was able to say it was incorrect because she was with us in the moment of a conversation I was holding on to. And so she was able to identify that I was remembering it incorrectly or highlighting parts that were not actually as important in the conversation. And so she was talking to me about making sure that we are kind to ourselves in remembering events and kind to ourselves in narrating how that event went. And so now I have just looked over my relationship. I've looked over who I am and who I was as a person. I looked over who he is and who he was as a person. I've looked at what we needed from a relationship, what we needed from each other. And I was able to deduce what I think was the cause of our relationship ending and the part that both of us may have played in that ending. And I feel very content with that narrative. So content that I don't need to run it by him to see if he agrees. I don't need to run it by a therapist to see if they agree. That narrative is for me and me only. It is a nice, fluffy, perfect, ribbon-tied version of the end to my relationship. And perhaps there are some parts in there that aren't entirely accurate. Perhaps there are some parts in there that may be a little more imaginative, but it is what I needed and it is what helps me out. And honestly, I think that that's all that matters, Um, especially if you're in a situation where it's not collaborative. Like if you're one of those super blessed people where you came to a mutual decision, then you guys can together create a narrative of what happened. You know, and you won't have to create it. It will just be the narrative of what happened and you'll be on the same page because you came to mutual decision. But if you didn't come to mutual decision and you both aren't able to rehash what happened, 
then you'll have to create your own narrative of what happened. And I suggest you do it in a way that is kind to you. And that doesn't mean to, you know, the narrative in my mind is not like, oh, he was a terrible person. He hated me. I'm so much better off. Like that's just unrealistic and unfair. The narrative for me is less, oh, I wasn't a good wife. I was so terrible. That's why he didn't want to be with me. And that's where my narrative was leaning towards. It was very unkind and very unfair uh, because when we don't know what has happened, we tend to fill in the gaps. And so I'm just going off of the the bad times and the the, you know, unkind things that were said in heated moments. And for some reason, for my narrative, I filled the gaps with those unkind things. And so now my narrative, my narrative is more of equal blame, you know, and not even blame, just equal responsibility, equal participation in the end of a relationship. In my narrative, neither of us had any ill will towards the other. There was no malice. It was simply, you know, the natural end of a relationship. And so that works for me. I feel very at peace with that. And I think that that also is what allows me to co-parent with him so well is that I am completely at peace with our relationship being over because I have tied a little ribbon around the relationship. It is just a perfect little pretty bow and we're good, you know? So that is my tip number one is to create your own narrative. My therapist even had me write it out. So if that's something you need to do, write it out, say it aloud, act it out, whatever you need to do, but create a narrative of how and why your relationship ended. And you don't have to do that all in one sitting. I did mine over several days. So there's that, right? Now for tip number two, it is to let time offer closure. You can't see me, but I have closure in quotes because we know that closure is kind of this elusive thing we convince ourselves we need in order to end a relationship. But so many will say that closure is something you give yourself. So it kind of goes with number one in creating your own narrative. But let time do what time does. And time will kind of fade the uh, the edges, fade the tension, fade the significance of certain things. So time will kind of just remove the sting from it all. So let time, you know, mend the little pieces together so that you can form that narrative and then let time allow that narrative to settle into your mind, to settle into your spirit so that you are genuinely at peace and time's going to do what time wants to do. Right. So we don't really need to let time do anything. But what we mean And by we, I mean the internet and myself. (laughs) But what we mean by let is not to counteract what time is doing. Don't go against it. Don't try to go out there and get closure. Don't try to force him or her to give you closure. Don't try to find it in other people, other thing, other substances. Just sit back and let time do what time does. Okay, so that's tip number two to let time offer you closure. Tip number three is to distract yourself. And that is probably should have been tip number one, but distract yourself while you're creating the narrative and while you're letting time do its thing. 
Distract yourself with friends. Distract yourself with hobbies. Distract yourself with self-help and self-improvement. If you have children, distract yourself with your children. You know, if this is the path for you, then distract yourself with men, but distract yourself, right? Because sitting around ruminating over all of these questions, over all of the confusion, trying to work it all out is not helpful. So in the short term, whenever you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by the confusion, distract yourself, read a book, go for a run, go see a movie, hang out with a friend, go see family, anything to get your mind off of the questions and onto something else. And do that as often as you need to. I think in the first couple weeks of my separation, I isolated. So that wasn't good. But then after the isolation, I distracted myself a ton. Any event any friend was having, I'm there. Any friend who wanted some company, I'm there. You know, anytime my family was at home, I was there. Because I recognized that sitting at home alone with my thoughts was not helpful. Not at that time. There's a time for being alone with your thoughts, but in the midst of something traumatic, I think that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to distract yourself a little bit. So that is tip number three, to distract yourself. And that is it for confusion. I want to assure you that confusion will not last forever if you don't want it to last forever. It is one of those things where if you don't try to resolve it, and by resolve it, I mean create your own narrative and allowing time to give you closure. Um, If you don't do those things, then confusion could go the whole way. Like how many of us have met a woman who is still very upset that her marriage ended because she can't figure out why he would leave her, you know, and it's been five, 10, 15 years. We don't want to do that. We want to actively take a role in diffusing the confusion so that we can then move on to the next emotion we have to tackle. Because please believe there's another one. They're never ending. The emotions are just constantly bubbling up and doing whatever they want to do. And expressing themselves however they want to be expressed. So let's go ahead and tackle confusion so we can move on to the next one. And with each emotion you tackle, you get further and further into your healing journey, which is what we want. So that is it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for listening to an episode of Grab Your Light, the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram so we can become friends and you can give me your thoughts. Have a good day, week and month. Bye.